0: Put on your dancing shoes. For shaking your rump is mandatory. And perk up your ears. I can name that tune in five notes.
1: I can name that tune in three notes. I can name that tune in one note. In one note.
0: I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Wednesday, January 6th. We're counting down the top three must-see picks of the day, but first, your entertainment headlines. After being erroneously reported as having died on Sunday by her own representative who backtracked on Monday, former Bond girl and that 70s show actress Tanya Roberts died Tuesday. She was 65. Roberts was hospitalized and put on a ventilator after collapsing at her home on Christmas Eve. And the Recording Academy has delayed this year's Grammy Awards because of concerns over the spread of COVID-19, pushing them from January 31st to March 14th. For other news, reviews, interviews, and much more, head over to EW.com. Trivia: The latest revival of Name That Tune premieres on Fox today. More on that in a bit. But first, today's trivia question. What year did the first TV version of Name That Tune debut? 1953, 1962, or 1974? Stick around for the answer. Now it's time for today's picks. Number three. Who's ready to head back to the Windy City? NBC's One Chicago franchise returns tonight with new episodes of Chicago Fire, Med, and PD after a nearly two-month break. There's a lot of dangling threads Chicago fans have been wondering about over that break, from Brett and Casey's big but brief romantic moment on Fire this for a really long time. Me too. To April's continued struggles in the COVID-19 ward on Med. We just
2: have to keep doing everything we can.
1: It's never enough.
0: EW Digital writer Rosie Cordero is here to catch us up on Where We Left Everyone and preview what's to come. All right, Rosie, so let's start with Chicago Fire. This show kind of has its own, like, Sam and Diane, Ross and Rachel, Mulder and Scully, that will-they-won't-they couple in the form of Brett and Casey. So where do things stand, and how does tonight's episode deal with their relationship?
1: So after that steamy kiss in the winter finale, fans are elated. Is this finally happening? And, I mean, it seems like it is, but is it really? So shout out to Sam and Diane, who are one of my favorite will-they-or-won't-they couples ever. But yeah, with Brett and Casey, it's undeniable that there's this steamy attraction, but it's very complicated. I mean, Casey's ex-wife, Gabby, divorced him and moved to Puerto Rico where she's living her best life, but there's girl code. And I'm glad to see that there are some women out there who abide by these rules. Meow, you know, and all that. I'm hoping to see Monica Raymond return again and and give them her blessing because honestly, that's the only way I can imagine that they could move ahead and try to get those uh, scenes that really sizzle.
0: All right, moving on to Chicago Med. Let's talk about Dr. Manning and Crockett because they have been through a lot together. I'm specifically talking about that abduction. So should fans expect them to continue getting closer or are they going to be moving on as a couple?
1: Look. The powers that be at Chicago Med have been torturing us with this one too. Because, (laughs) you know, these characters are so different. Manning, you know, she had this thing with Halstead for so long. And I think we're finally getting to a place. And Manning is also getting to a place where she's like, well... I need to put that behind me and look ahead. And Crockett is this big player. But, you know, we found out that, you know, he lost his daughter when she was very young. And we kind of dive into the fact that his one-night-stand relationships are what have been comfortable because he doesn't have to be vulnerable. You know, last season with April, he kissed April while she was engaged to Dr. Choi, and he's the reason why they're not together right now. So I think he's finally... Letting his guard down little by little, they have the connection, the strong bond to each other because of the abduction. But can he put his fears and his sadness over everything behind him and kind of really give it a go? I, right, right, I think yeah. fans are going to be excited tonight because there's, you know, there's going to be this moment where, you know, somebody kind of starts to open the door a little bit. So just like in the superhero movies where you wait until the, you know, the final, the credits. Stay all the way to the end on
0: this one. Lastly here, let's talk Chicago PD. Uh, Fans have been shipping partners Upton and Halstead, the other Halstead, brother of the one from uh, Chicago Med. So uh, are Upton and Halstead, are they going anywhere? Is the, the fire alive and burning between them?
1: Call nine one one, Jared. Call nine one one. There's an emergency at Chicago's PD's big return. So if you're looking for the big one, this is the one to watch. Okay. What's all common right. between all of the relationship scenarios across One Chicago is that getting involved with a coworker, you have to think about it so many times, right? So with Upton and Halstead, it, it's even harder because they're beyond co-workers. Yes, they're they're partners, but they're also best friends. So crossing that line you know, Upton has, that's why Upton has been, uh, proceeding with caution, but she's really near to that point of piss or get off the pot. Pardon my French. So (laughs) if they're going to need, if they're going to give this a goal, then they need to move, you know, Halstead, I think it's hard for fans to see Halstead with somebody other than Aaron Lindsay after Sophia Bush's departure. But I think that this could be a really solid relationship. So yeah, this is, this is the, this is the one to watch.
0: All right, good to know. And by the way, your French is fantastic. Uh, All right, uh, when Chicago returns tonight on NBC, 8, 9, and 10 o'clock. Rosie, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. Number
0: two. Now, on to our number two pick for today, which attempts to answer one of life's biggest questions what happens after we die? Netflix's latest docu-series, Surviving Death, is an in-depth exploration of that question. The show features interviews with scientists, mediums, paranormal experts, doctors, even people who have experienced death themselves.
2: The question of what happens after we die has
0: intrigued humans for as long as we've been around. As a physician, I know that most people don't think about death really until they're forced to. This all may seem a bit heavy and more than a little unsettling, but director Ricky Stern is hoping Surviving Death will bring some comfort to viewers in our current moment. Stern told The Hollywood Reporter, quote, At this time when the world is experiencing so much death, my hope is that the series will speak to anyone who has ever wondered about a lost loved one or has tried to understand the meaning of death and what might come after. Surviving Death is now available to stream on Netflix. All right, we're getting closer to today's number one pick, but first, EW Digital writer Joey Nolfi is here to answer the question, What you watching? All right, Joey, tell us about this show that uh, recently started streaming on HBO Max, I Hate Susie.
2: Yes, I hate Susie. I love Susie, actually, just kidding. Um, it's a total hidden gem. Currently airing on um, HBO Max, that I think fans of really bonkers British TV will just absolutely adore. It's created by and starring Billy Piper. She's a former singer in the UK who hit number one on the charts over there at a very young age. Um, so she's kind of you know a big celebrity over there, but kind of. I mean, I hate to I hesitate to call her a B-list celebrity, but she's definitely you know not A-list over there, which makes this all the more entertaining. But it's just a super heightened pseudo take on experiences that. I think are lifted from her real life, or at least it seems like it, because she plays the titular character who is a former singer and actress struggling with these really wild personal woes and professional scandals. And it's about how her life unravels after her phone is hacked and nude photos of her leak to the public while she is starring on this weird sci-fi channel-esque show. It's about the chaos that ensues after that. Give me your, like,
0: favorite thing, your, your hot take about this show.
2: I think Billy's performance is what does it for me. It's, it's just completely electric. It's one of those shows that is just so aesthetically and tonally perfect and everything just fuses together. Like, I have a physical reaction when I watch this show. I feel physically uncomfortable. I feel buzzed. I feel stressed. It's just totally darkly hilarious. It's like a shock to your system on all levels, that, you know, we really could all use after we've sat in our home for months on end doing absolutely nothing. It is the wildest adrenaline rush you can get while sitting absolutely still not on a controlled substance. (laughs) (laughs) That is
0: quite a pitch there, Joey. All right. Thanks so much. I Hate Susie is available to stream on HBO Max. And that takes us to today's number one pick, which we'll get to right after this break. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Today in entertainment history, on January 6th, 2016, Star Wars The Force Awakens officially became the highest grossing movie of all time in North America. On this day, The Force Awakens surpassed Avatar's total at the domestic box office, achieving this milestone in just 20 days. It was the first movie since James Cameron's sci-fi saga to earn more than $700 million domestically, and ended up making more than $900 million in the U.S. and Canada alone. It remains the only movie ever to do so. Number one. And now, our number one pick for today, as we teased earlier, Name That Tune, is back On Fox, the latest version of the classic game show is hosted by Jane Krakowski and features Randy Jackson as band leader. That's a yes from us, dog.
1: You just made $1,000 by knowing a Katy Perry song. How great is this game?
0: If you're out of tune with this iconic format, let me fill you in. Two contestants go head-to-head racing against the clock to identify songs for cash and prizes. There'll be a rotating variety of games drawn from the original show, all culminating in the bid a note round, where contestants pick how many notes they need to, well, name that tune. I can name that tune in one note. Um, right here waiting. Correct, by Richard All that music might make you want to get up and dance. And if that's the case, you should tune into Fox before Name That Tune for the latest episode of The Masked Dancer. The new show is here to fill that masked singer-shaped hole in your heart with basically the same format. Masked celebrities in weird and wild costumes compete to wow a panel of judges only with their moves instead of their pipes. Craig Robinson is hosting, and the panelists are Paula Abdul, Brian Austin Green, Ashley Tisdale, and, of course, Ken Jeong. This is not just a dance show. It's not just a competition show. It's a musical mystery show.
1: Singing isn't allowed, but shaking your rump is mandatory. A lot of gymnastic balance. This is someone
0: who's a superstar. Hmm, a superstar, huh? We'll have to see if Ken's guesses are as terrible as they are on The Masked Singer. The first masked dancer has already been eliminated and unmasked as rapper and actor Ice-T. The Law & Order SVU star told EW that he had to learn his choreography in just two hours, and when the time came to perform, he was just focused on trying to not fall over in his heavy disco ball mask. Here's Ice-T with EW's Lauren Huff. I threw all the choreography out the window. I said, I just don't want to bust my ass on national television. Like (laughs) That would be the nightmare. So, hey, if nothing else, you can tune in to The Masked Dancer every week just to see if anyone takes a spill. All of the dancing and singing starts on Fox at 8 o'clock. And now the answer to today's trivia question. In what year did the first TV version of Name That Tune debut? 1953, 1962, or 1974? Well, the first TV version premiered in 1953 on NBC. But the show actually first premiered on the radio the year before. That is our show for today. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow. Be sure to rate and review the show. And, of course, follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW, and I'm at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Akalina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Crockmall and Carly Usden.